So, Stephen, I'm really excited. Our good Why? friend AJ Jacobs is right here in the studio with us. AJ, uh, how's it going? It is going well. Thanks for joining us on it's a rainy day when we're recording this. And AJ's, uh, I don't know, four times New York Times bestseller. Yeah, four so far. And your books are are super funny. I'll let you say the titles of them. Uh, My Life as an Experiment is one of them. What's the title of the Bible one? I always forget. The Year of Living Biblically. Yeah, you did a whole year of like living exactly according to the Bible, and you even, like, stoned someone in Central Park for adultery. I and... did small stones, though. I didn't want to... You didn't want to kill him. Yeah, no one him. was actually... Do you know, my namesake was stoned to death, St. Stephen. Is that right? It's always resonated with me whenever I hear about someone stoning someone else to death. What is, what is actual sorry. stoning, just as a side question here? I always think of the lottery, of course, by Shirley Jackson. Oh, Remember the right. lottery? Remember yeah. reading that in ninth uh-huh. grade and thinking, uh-huh. holy cow, adults are weird. <laughs> <laughs> Do they still read it? Are your kids old enough to have read the lottery? My kids are reading a similar one called The Giver. Oh, sure, yeah. Which oh, is yeah. sort of Lewis in Lowry. the same. Yeah. Have you know, wait, your kids are how old? Uh, nine and 12. Okay, and James, your kids are 17 and 13? And 14, and yeah, they had to read The Giver, and they didn't read the lottery. So does it strike you as people who have kids who are reading, you know, YA literature, modern YA literature, does it strike you that most YA literature is way more dystopian than it used to be. My my 14-year-old's class when she was 12 was called dystopian literature. Really? <laughs> yeah. And so they had to read all of The Giver was one and they had to read all dystopian books like The Hunger Games and and all those sorts of things. I have not encountered a single book that either of my kids have read that doesn't have like a parent who killed someone and then went to prison or like the, the John Green books are not like that. You're right, the John Green books, and, which is why I, I like John Green so Yeah, much. I like John Green. Well, I always thought it was weird that almost every Disney movie had mm. orphans dead parents. and yeah. Well, yeah. a dead mother. Dead every mother. Disney mo- movie has a dead mother. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's the screenwriters are taking their aggressions out on their wives or something. Something like that. Because they're different from the grim fairy tales, right? They're not always there's not all dead mothers in the original stories. Right. Although those are very messed up. Right. Like the whole idea of uh, Cinderella's stepsisters chopping off their toes to fit into the slipper, you know, those are those are messed up. So it's funny, when we think of like what some people have called like the golden age of American storytelling, especially American TV, like Father Knows Best, that's the anomaly, right? right. It, the anomaly was the functional, <laughs> complete family <laughs> throughout although, history. I mean, every I, piece, of, where's, a, where's a normal family in Shakespeare? Although Where's I, a normal family in the Bible? But just, I wonder right. about that, though. Like, was the Brady Bunch normal? What happened to well, the Brady Mrs. Bunch, Brady's husband? Well, what happened to Mr. Brady's wife? Well, that was killed? a big thing. Those that was like the, the mix, unanswered. the blended marriage was yeah. like that. That was a huge breakthrough. Because he wanted, when Stephen Schwartz pitched it, he wanted them to be divorced. But the network said, no, just we nothing. can't. So, yeah, it just they just disappeared. So, they, so they've got to be uh, benign deaths. Yes. That would be a good, Same like. with the Partridge family. Well, the real one I concern myself with is what what happened to poor Casper the ghost. Like, why did, why is he dead? Well, I'm done, oh, oh, you mean uh, how did he become a ghost? Yeah, yeah. How, like he's a kid and he died. Like, I'm, was it botulism? What was it? <laughs> I'm glad he's come back as a mattress company, though. It's nice to see, isn't it? <laughs> That's true. That sponsors podcasts. I think they did. Yeah, I think it's they may true. sponsor this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Someday, I do. You know, I am interested in the explosion of mattress suppliers. All of a sudden, have you <laughs> noticed? I, you, you know what? I forgot they sponsor my podcast, the James Altucher Show. 
<laughs> I think there's not a podcast in America or in anything in America that doesn't have some mattress company now as a, an advertiser, <laughs> which is weird because the demand for mattresses can't have risen too much. No, that's right? it. maybe it was the water beds were like huge in the seventies. Yeah, here's here's what <laughs> it just I've, took a while. To here's catch what up. I've been told. I have no idea how much a part of the story this is. Is that traditionally the markup on mattresses was huge, something uh-huh. like three hundred to fifteen hundred percent. Right. And I think this dates to the back in the old days when mattresses were handmade, mm. you know, goose feathers, whatever. And it was often a family's most valuable possession, literally. Mm. I mean, think about it. Go back to pioneer days, right? You always read right. the stories about the mattress is the thing that gets loaded up. And if you had a mattress, you were considered better off than a lot of people. So it was your most prized possession. And therefore, when mattresses began to be mass manufactured, it was still treated like kind of a luxury item. And that allowed manufacturers to market up a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, even though it costs relatively little. And now, thanks to, you know, progress and technology and so on, there are a lot of people presumably able to make mattresses for a lot less. Right. Therefore, the market gets flooded. The Warby Parker of mattresses. There you go. Absolutely. Although then they introduced this technology for, like, the memory foam, you know, to kind of keep the margins up. I don't know how expensive it is to make a memory foam mattress, but those are pretty expensive. You ever slept on a memory foam mattress? I I had one until I threw it out recently. Because why? Well, I don't need one. I just kind of live wherever. Here's a question about memory foam. Can I live Does, with you guys? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say no. AJ, you want to take that one? <laughs> I asked all my friends. Mm. What about this podcasting studio? Just put up a cot right here. I'm not, I'm not sure I want to do that. <laughs> when you have a memory foam mattress, isn't it every night like getting in, isn't it like lying down in the police outline on the sidewalk? That's what I would fear, that I would feel dead, that I'm oh, crawling into the indentation that I left nah, before. Cause you, you, no, because it comes back during the day and you start from scratch the next night. What kind uh, of memory is that if it comes back during the day? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it memorizes. Like, it, it, it sort of remembers you in the first, let's say, fifteen minutes. But I want, I want to, I want AJ to finish describing his background because you do so many interesting things, including I was at your event last year, the world's largest family reunion. It hit the, you broke like ten Guinness Book of World Records records. Just describe more about what you do. I am a writer, and uh, I like to dive in and immerse myself in my projects. So uh, we were mentioning the one about the Bible. I thought. Uh, I knew nothing about religion. I say in the book I'm Jewish, but I'm Jewish in the same way the Olive Garden is Italian. No <laughs> offense to the Olive Garden, which is a lovely restaurant. Uh, but it's really uh, like kind of an advert for that, like you're Olive Garden Jewish. <laughs> exactly. I I listen. I am all for it. Yeah, there's Reform, Orthodox, Conservative, and, and Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah, so I thought one way to learn about the Bible would be to dive in and live it and follow all the rules as literally as possible. So that's what I did. I followed the Ten Commandments and be fruitful and multiply. I did have Nicely twins. Done. Thank you. Uh, and then, yeah, as I had a huge beard, the Bible says you cannot shave the corners of your beard. I didn't know where the corners were. It's, uh, so where I just the let corners? the whole... What, what the corn, it, It's not clear. You don't have the square beard gene. I, I don't I don't think so. Because if you have the square beard gene, then yeah. you get corners and you trim... No, there's Well, no. I feel it's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, people who have really strong jaws, like lantern jaws, maybe mm-hmm. they have corners. But I feel like, uh, yeah, I have a weak chin. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so did you I welcome don't... the beard for that fact alone? Uh, maybe, well, there were advantages. You know, it's for it's like a sweater for the face. So right, and, sure. Uh, <laughs> and and I, I got used to it. It was almost like a little pet. It was like a Labrador retriever. And, <laughs> did you miss uh, it when you had to shave it? In some ways, I did. I mean, my wife was so opposed to it that she didn't kiss me for literally seven months. Mm. So, uh, What did that do to your marriage? 
Nothing. Better or worse? Uh, it was about the same. Really? Was, <laughs> Does that mean there's not a lot of kissing in the previous seven months? You kind of have to read um, My Life as an Experiment, where he, where AJ uh, measures his sexual interest in his wife and her sexual interest in him, and it's kind of an interesting result. Hmm, that's will, true. I did an fMRI, like a, oh, I yeah. did a brain scan, looking at pictures of my wife in the sexy pose, and then looking at pictures of Angelina Jolie, who mm-hmm. at the time was. Well, was sexier fine. than she is now? What are you saying? I'm not the saying time that. Was... I don't want to get in trouble with the <laughs> with the. Girl. Yeah, he only wrote about it. He only wrote about it in a book, mm. so <laughs> he can't so, say it on this podcast. So, so tell us a little bit more about your response to your wife and hers to you. Were they correlated in any kind of mood or time, or did it you not was, measure that? Um, well, it was more me uh, being studied to see whether I loved my wife. That was the thesis. Do I love my wife? Risky. Can we? Oh yeah. It was uh, it was terrifying, and luckily it came out that I, I do love her. If you're going to put a percentage on it, I love her about sixty-seven percent of the, of the, the time American. or in magnitude. Well, according to this one scientist, Helen Fisher, I don't know. Oh, if she sure, was. yeah. So her she's theory, fa- she's a people should read her book. She's fascinating and smart and good. I like right her. Helen Fisher Rutgers. Yeah, she's exactly. like an anthropologist. That's or it. Yeah, yeah, she's you know really it. smart. Well, her theory is there are three types of love. There's the sexual love, the romantic love, and then the sort of the friendship, mm-hmm. super friendship bond. So I was sexually attracted to my wife, which is interesting. After how many years of marriage was which this? Which is or? 11 at what? the time. It was not bad. And then I was also, um, I liked her as a friend. No romance, though. There was nothing mm. like I was, there was just zero. What does that mean? So, like, uh... Does that mean you don't want to hold the door open? But what does it mean, romantic love compared to? Is that what you see as romance? Is holding the door? Well, I don't know. What is? I'm asking the question. What is? What is? How do you define romance? I think the prototypical like, is like you know. Uh, if you're sexually interested in her, it's like you know the the candlelit dinner. Wait, at you're the saying French sex restaurant. and romance are like the the same? I'm saying they're probably correlated, but maybe not. Well, I'm sure they are, but I I don't know. Not in my case. I had zero. Like, <laughs> I just do not want to take my wife to a French but restaurant. But let me ask you this. Doesn't Helen Fisher, I may have this wrong, I read it a long time ago, but doesn't Helen Fisher argue that one of the biggest problems in personal relationships is that people have this mistaken notion that the lustful sexual love, that that level persists over time, or mm. lust, let's just call it lust, whereas in fact it almost never does and it evolves into potentially a different kind of more long-lasting love. And right. right. And and I feel that. I mean, I got to say, I wrote a piece once about for Valentine's Day about that, thank God I am not head over heels in love with my wife. Like, I am mildly in love with my wife, <laughs> and I love that. It's like that first six months when I was really head over uh, heels, it was horrible. What'd you do? What are some of the things? Well, that you know, you would call, and she wouldn't call back for five minutes, and I'd be sweating, and I'd be like, oh, my God, maybe she doesn't love me. Like, you know, I don't love roller coasters. I like like a Segway ride. So that's what <laughs> I want in love. I the want guy who owns Segway died on a Segway, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so, I think you told me that. Be careful. You <laughs> wrote it off a cliff, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Shortly after buying the company. Yeah. Oh, so be man. careful if you I think that Segway is a safe. No, you shouldn't be laughing. No, you're right. But th- when you be careful when you think of Segway as a safe way. And to the go. guy who probably invented, invented roller coasters is probably, probably alive and yeah. kicking. Okay, we do have to pause for a minute to hear from our sponsor. Won't take long. Question of the day. We'll be right back. Thanks to Allstate for sponsoring Question of the Day today. James, you and I usually were up for a good debate, but there's no room to argue with this opportunity from Allstate. And I know, Stephen, because we tried to argue about this one, 
but there's just so many benefits to opening your own Allstate agency. Instead of finding a problem, we came to this conclusion. Why wouldn't you do this? Because with Allstate, you're going to own your own business, a business where you get big rewards for growth, unlimited earning potential, and a lot of equity for the future. And when you're the boss, you create the office culture and vision for the workplace with the power of the Allstate brand behind you. Working with the Good Hands Company is about helping people live the good life. Sounds like a pretty good deal, James. So if you haven't thought about opening your own Allstate agency, you should. Head over to allstateagent.com slash question of the day after the show to see stories from successful agents. And of course, this is subject to the terms of the agency agreement. So what would your wife say if we were asking her the same questions about you? Oh, no, she doesn't. She like... She doesn't love you. No. She likes segues as well? (laughs) She loves me, but not in a head over. Yeah, she likes segues. I mean, I... As part of it, I wrote her a Valentine's Day note, and I want to market this as the little hearts where it says, my Valentine was, the benefits of being married to you outweigh the costs. And that's the way I feel. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so sweet. romantic. Yeah. Did she ever get offended by this result? Not at all, because she She's feels relieved. the same way. Yeah, she is like very much... Not like I said, I get it. They have some quiz, and you know, do you ever get butterflies? And she's like, No, what are you crazy? So, does this enhance a little bit, maybe, the because there isn't the romantic love? Does this enhance in a weird way the sexual love because there's a little more of the mystery and you're not so, you know, interested in being obsessively around each other all day long? Or mm, maybe. you don't have that roller coaster ride, you know, which it could be painful. I like that. I'm going to try it. I'm going to reframe <laughs> it that way and say, yeah, it's a good thing for our sex life. Hey, let me ask your strategy on this for Mother's Day, which was not so long ago. You are married to the mother of your children, but she is not your mother. So what is the duty of the husband to celebrate Mother's Day? Well, I did. I ordered flowers and I signed my my name and my kid's name. It's funny. I have a uh, a brother-in-law, lovely, lovely guy, one of the nicest humans I know, who my mom is no longer alive. But every year on my sister's birthday, he would call my mom to thank her for giving birth to the baby that became his that's wife. That's very nice. I thought it was love. That's I would never would have. Uh, that's s- romantic love at its at its highest. Yeah, he was romantic. <laughs> Well, I have to agree. Like, the whole idea of birthdays is on the wrong person because all the, the kid did was just, like, get be squeezed out. The mother was the one who was really working hard. Does the father get any credit in the birthday scenario in your mind? <sighs> I mean, nine months before. Like, mm-hmm. maybe there's conception day. But it's mm-hmm. not like it was that difficult. Well, maybe uh, it depends. Depends on the circumstances. There are some difficult conceptions. That's true. I've, I've heard. And my kids were all IVF, so like that's some difficulty. Yeah, that was hard. Like, so I, maybe what about this? Not that the world needs more holidays, although some people might say it does. Maybe we should have Conception Day mm-hmm. as a regular celebration. In fact, I would kind of forty rather, weeks before the birthday. Yeah, or unless you know exactly. Yeah, sure. Or you could just pick a day and make that like this is the day when it really began to happen for That me. is interesting. Now, do you know, because I certainly never asked, and I don't think I want it, but I know some people know. It's like when, you're about to, though. <laughs> so you don't want to. But <laughs> no, I'm gonna. not asking oh. my parents, but I will oh, ask oh, oh, you. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, do you know oh. the day you were conceived or the circumstances? I've never asked my parents. I never wanted to know. I've never broached the topic. Also, I always I never wonder, will. like, I always wonder, <laughs> like, unless you're having sex very irregularly... <laughs> How do people know that? Do people really know that? I guess if you're keeping really good track, you would know, oh, I show pregnancy on this day, and I can go back and say, well, that must have, oh, yeah, it was after we saw Back to the Future. 
Yeah, well, for me, it would be like going into a room and getting my <laughs> my juice out and giving it to a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like well, that. That's, that is super sexy now that you put it that way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your birthday, AJ? My birthday is March 20th. So March 20th. So April we go, 20th. Well, I was going to go back. Isn't it easier June. to go backwards? March, February, January, December 20th, All right. roughly? Yes, you're right. You're right. So you're, you're, the math you're, like guy. A, uh, you're like a Christmas baby. No, nice. So, right? so, so wait, uh, uh, all this talk of motherhood and children aside, I do want to finish AJ's. Hang on, wait, before AJ I want to do to that too. But you know what I just thought of? This what? is really nice. So let's say that your conception day was roughly. December 21st, which is pretty close. That is the day that my father, when I was 10, died. And it's always been a very sad day for me, especially because it came right before Christmas, et cetera. But from this day forward, I'm going to think of that day not as dad's death day, but as A.J. Jacobs' conception day. I am so honored. A very joyous event. Very joyous event. Three wise men. Let's have a ritual of some sort. (laughs) Let's have a conception club. Like there should be. I'm trying to think of an appropriate ritual, like not cake, but whatever it would be. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Throwing cake. Eggs. Maybe like omelets. Omelets is nice. Frittatas. Or no way, oysters. Oysters. Mm, so, nice. Because you have to have some kind of pseudo-aphrodisiac. Right, like, right, right, right. Like the marketing scam of the century that, that somehow oysters, which is the grossest food on the planet. Was, Do you think was so? De- oh, my God. As, as Jim Gaffigan calls it, it's like snot in a rock. <laughs> well, <laughs> Do you like oysters, AJ? Well, it's interesting because I'm a vegetarian, but there are, you know, Peter Singer, who is one of the founders of the, he he talks about how oysters might be the only ethical food, only ethical meat for vegetarians because they might not have any pain receptors. Really? So there are vegans who eat oysters. You're kidding. More than like a cricket? Yeah, because they don't move. So they don't need pain receptors. Mm. The reason you need pain. Is that right? I don't know. That's the theory. So there are vegans who eat oysters. Not me. I'm with with James. He's not on a rock. It's not on a rock. So so in order for people to eat them so they could sell them, because they they get so much in the net or I don't know where, where they get them, by the way, this is an aphrodisiac. <laughs> this will make you super well, hot tonight. Let me speak up for the pro oyster. I, I happen to love oysters, but I'm just saying that you should definitely, if we want to make Conception Day into a thing, we can't. It shouldn't be oysters. You propose that, but if you hate oysters so much and AJ hates them so much, I don't think that should be the official uh, food of Conception Day. Then. Maybe I'm upset that I was conceived. <laughs> oh, boy. We just keep going down the trail. Thanks for listening. Right after this quick break, we'll give you a taste of our next question of the day. With Allstate, there's no need to pick sides. You can own your own business and you can be your own boss. This opportunity is a no-brainer. So head on over to allstateagent.com slash question of the day to get more information about opening your own agency. Here's what we have lined up for the next episode of question of the day you just are in it for the experiment's sake you're not necessarily trying to better yourself you love the process of experimentation what does that do for you and b what's a way people could on a daily basis maybe start experimenting more in their lives 